Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Hey, Ashley. Hey, girl. Hey. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm here with you. So I'm, I'm actually great. How about that? How are you? I'm great as well. And I'm excited because it's award season, our favorite time of the year, right? We wanted to highlight films that were nominated for Academy Awards, the big daddy of the of award season, right? <laughs> we did Encanto. And now I'm happy to present to you Coda. <laughs> Coda came out. August 13th, 2021. It's an hour and 51 minutes. It's a coming of age dramedy. Quick summary. Ruby is the only hairy member of a deaf family from Gloucester, Massachusetts. At 17, she works mornings before school to help her parents and brother keep their fishing business afloat. But in joining her high school's choir club ruby finds herself drawn to both her duet partner and her passion for singing this movie stars emilia jones as ruby rossi you've also seen her in lock and key because when i saw her i was like she looks very familiar same we have troy coxer as frank who's racking up all the awards <laughs> this season. He recently won the BAFTA as well as the SAG for Best Supporting Actor. And the Critics' Choice Award. And the Critics' Choice Award. Thank you, Ashley. Marley Matlin as Jackie. She is a legend for deaf actors. She first won her Oscar. 35 years ago for the movie Children of a Lesser God. And she was also the youngest to win an Oscar at 21 years old. And so at this moment in time, she's the only deaf actor to win the award. Eljano de Beres as Bernardo, the singing instructor, he's a big deal in Mexico, uh, 17.3 million followers on Instagram, but he's been in a lot of films, but I know him best for that movie he did with our girl, Anna Ferris. Do you remember that movie? Overboard, the remake of Overboard. Overboard. Yeah, yeah. And I also enjoyed him in Dora the Explorer. That was a fun remake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we have Daniel... Darnett as Leo. And he was in Switched at Birth, which featured a deaf character and actress as well. So Rotten Tomatoes gave this film 95% by the critics and 93% by the audience score. And Google users gave this movie 91%. Ashley, what's your grade? So I know I've been doling out a lot of A's in 2021, and this is no exception. This film got an A from me. Um, It was much more emotional than I was expecting, especially the second half of the film. I was super Mm. impressed that Amelia Jones, who plays Ruby, had to learn sign language, learn to sing, and had to drop her British accent for this role. Yep. I hadn't realized it was adapted from a French film. So now I'm like, yep. oh, I got to go back and watch the original. And then Frank. Did you watch it? No, I said, I feel like I need oh. to. <laughs> and, oh, then, yeah. and then I feel like Frank was definitely the heart of the film for me and absolutely my standout face. So that's why I said Troy winning all these awards is very well deserved. Um, Family over everything is really, you know, kind of the key message that I took away from it. 
Um, the only thing that I kind of critique the movie on a little bit is there were some of the driest covers of songs I've ever heard. But <sighs> um, Ashley, that's actually one of my questions. I was like, what were your thoughts on the this particular high school choir? Yeah, that's just me being <laughs> nitpicky because when it's they did, then when they did, let's get it on. I was like, no, 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 no. But again, the movie in and of itself has so much heart. It really got me. Like I teared up uh, a couple of moments of this film unexpectedly. So, and I watched it for the first time on a plane. So, uh, <laughs> you know. Oh, you know what they say? If a movie is good on a plane, it's a good movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it gets an A. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I gave it an A minus. I will say that because it was my idea <laughs> to to do this movie. It's also an Oscar movie. It's probably going to win best picture i feel like that this may happen or power of the dog but we'll see i'm super impressed with the cast they are actors who so happen to be deaf marley was very adamant about that she was like i'm excited about this role but if you cast actors as deaf she's like i'm not gonna do it she's like being deaf is not a costume you put on and take off and i was like yes ma'am mm-hmm and super, super impressed. The only reason why it gets an A minus and not a full A for me was because it was kind of slow. It was kind of slow. It was it was perfect for when I watched it for the first time. It was like a Sunday, early afternoon. I had nothing to do. It was just a very relaxing watch. But watching it a second time, I kind of was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, the second yeah. time is when they got me teared up. That's when I was like, oh. Hitting oh, no. today. the first time I was it was it was all the tears yeah that's that's where I am and I'm excited to talk about it so with that being said spoiler alert we meet this working class family they live in a small fishing town and they're like you know any normal family except for their daughter is their interpreter because Jackie, Frank, and Leo are all deaf. Ruby is essentially pivotal in a lot of what her family does for their business. What were your first impressions starting this movie in the family? Um, I definitely could tell that they were very tight knit, obviously being in business together and working on the boat and doing all that. I was just thinking about how much responsibility it seemed like Ruby had to have getting up early every day to go fishing with her family, being their interpreter and then having a responsibility of still being a high school student. Right. So um, that was a lot. And then you have, you know, the family structure as it is of everybody still living together and all of that. I was just thinking, oh, they must be super close. And it seemed like, you know, typical familiar relationship. She kind of made fun of her brother a little bit, even through sign with the names they called each other and stuff. So, you know, they seemed close. Yeah, I agree. One of the things that I thought was funny in an interview I saw Troy do, what drew him to this project was the ability to curse in in ASL. (laughs) He was like, yo, I want to be a part of that. <laughs> I'm like, I love that. That cracks me up. They definitely were throwing out, you know, sugar hot honey iced tea pies. And uh. <laughs> it's interesting, too, because I didn't realize that there were different variations of sign language yes. based on, you know, region, based on, um, you know, there's black sign language that yes. incorporates different, more of the, the ways in which black people, you know, speak to each other. And yes. yeah, I didn't know that until the last few years. I find all of that to be so fascinating. Yeah, it's so fascinating. My first impression was like, oh, okay, this is a very mundane film in terms of like very human very like human drama I I say that because the academy loves these type of films it's giving me Manchester by the (laughs) Sea by obviously not as depressing I was about to say Manchester by the Sea was (laughs) heart you talk about heartbreaking my god but it's like it's a human a human drama right and you're talking about the fact that they worked regular jobs, it's not yes. these glamorous lifestyles that they're living. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Ruby, as you mentioned, goes to school after having worked all morning and falls asleep 
Her clothes aren't the best. We didn't even know the names of the popular kids or anything in this movie, but you know, you understand what I'm trying to get at. You, you can tell that she's isolated from everyone else, whether intentionally or not. But we find out very quickly that with it being a small town, everybody knows everyone. But for her, it was difficult because because her parents are deaf when she started talking, she spoke weird. I thought that was a fascinating takeaway. We also see them living their lives and they're very loud in their everyday tasks. I was very, I, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense, but it just never registered. And to see that on screen was was something else. Go ahead. One thought that I had that I forgot, speaking of everything being so loud, is when she got to crank the music as loud as she wanted to, like yes. on the boat, I was like, yo, that is nice. Like, I would love to be able to, you know, blast music as loud as I wanted to and it not bother people. You know, it's just the small things that you wouldn't think about like that, that are a difference in you know, obviously the lifestyle or the the differences in the way that they are experiencing the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the conflicts are pretty straightforward, but they're very big to our 17-year-old girl here, Ruby. The first would be her family's dependency on her. The second would be the fishing system ripping them off. That was a fascinating turn. Well, I shouldn't say a fascinating turn. I think when we deal with working class people, there's always an element of the quote unquote man (laughs) taking advantage of the workers and they were getting underpaid, but they depended so much on Ruby to communicate their stance when selling their fish. But did you notice that Leo was kind of Saudi? This yeah. Whole time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. His frustration throughout the entire film with that dependency on his younger sister, because again, he's the older brother, mm-hmm. but he feels like they, the parents, everybody relies so heavily on her. I think he even calls her Saint Ruby at one point, yeah. um, made me feel frustrated because I can only imagine what he must be going through on a regular basis in terms of wanting to establish that independence and wanting to establish that feeling, but there's nothing, that's not Ruby's fault. There's nothing that Ruby can do about that. The actor said that in an interview as well, like the way he approached the role, he mentioned that they had a life before her and they were just fine. And then she shows up and they, you know, they realized that she can hear and all of a sudden their focus were, was on her and not what he can do to help the family. Do you believe that this level of dependency on Ruby was toxic or dysfunctional? I don't want to call it either of those things. I think what it was, was it was comfortable. I think to your point, mm-hmm. once Ruby established that position in the family it was comfortable to keep her there and it was also comfortable to some of the the moments that she has with her mother to think that well I even as my child I don't want to lose you you know Mm -hmm. what I mean it's like a double it's a double edge you're not just my interpreter you're also my daughter and I don't want you Mm -hmm. to stray too far from the nest because on top of the fact that they're relying on her in those ways it's also her a sense of we have to stick together because the outside world doesn't understand us because of our disability in the way that we understand each other. Even with Ruby being a hearing person, she Mm. still obviously knows the family, knows ASL, knows everything that they need that just makes the the dynamics different. So I don't want to call it toxic. I don't want to call it unhealthy. I just want to say that it's like, it's like the equivalent of, you know, once you, have something that uh, assists you in your life. It's like a crutch. And so mm. it's hard to move away from that. You have once to you have that muscle, it. Right? Exactly. Yeah. It'd be like, it'd be like, you know, on Shit's Creek, once you have all that money, do you even remember the basic things to what Moira said in one of the episodes? I used to know how to do things for myself. And then I married <laughs> your father and everything was taken care of for me. And all those basic skills that I had are gone. So I think it becomes a crutch. Mm. 
And to your point from last week's hot topic, I believe Mora was the appropriate audience for Kim K's comment. There you work. go. She sure was. <laughs> she was that exact person for a Kim K comment, even though Moira, when she had a job to do, did it like when she had the crows yeah. job she took that very seriously. very seriously she had no she said we're gonna do the very best that we can do probably a little bit more alexis than moira to be honest <laughs> true because moira to your point had to grow she had to get the job and then be in the right position to marry marry right <laughs> what's up to all of our shits creek lovers out there david Okay, Ruby is in high school and it's time to sign up for extracurricular activities. And I'm convinced that the only reason why she signed up for choir was because Miles. (laughs) That was my question. I literally had it. Ruby joined choir because she really wanted to initially or because her crush did because she's in line with her friend Mm -hmm. thinking things through. Then all of a sudden he's like choir and she rushes up choir. Yeah, yeah. But we did have some clues of her talent, right? First scene, her on the boat, she's singing, you know, as loud as she wants to the sea. <laughs> but it's one of those things, was it was it intentional or did it get brought out of you because you were following this boy? Like, are you Felicity and you followed this boy to New York or... Was this your intention? It just so happened your little crush was a part of the equation. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We meet meet Mr. V, who is my favorite character, by the way. Like, I really appreciate his role in Ruby's life. He asked everyone to sing happy birthday to position them in the choir. Ashley, are you... A soprano or an alto? I am now an alto. But when I joined choir back in elementary school and we had to sing our school song literally the same way they did to decide whether or not we could get into choir, mm-hmm. I was a soprano back in the day. Were you feeling yourself or something? Are you okay that you're with the altos? Are you okay that you're standing next to me now, Ashley? <laughs> feel totally fine with it even though back my elementary school choir the altos used to get cussed out okay oh see the altos have always been strong where i'm from the d detroit (laughs) where all the singers come from this way (laughs) i think it was just because the altos are so pivotal in harmonies right like you cannot go from soprano to tenor you have to have that alto so i think that's the best lines i feel like too and i mean i'm a strong alto now like i can still hit some notes but hit you got to get me on the right day you got to get catch me on a good day hallelujah (laughs) but this was my lane though i love choir like i miss choir yeah oh yeah this is my lane i was in choir up through up until high school just because my high school didn't have like a real choir otherwise i probably would have joined because i was in elementary middle yeah i love choir the reason why i sang that song in particular it was the the latest song that we sang in our household that had blatant you know, tenor, alto, soprano mm-hmm. parts. And of course, Amara loves the soprano. Hallelujah. hallelujah you better hit those soprano notes, girl. Ooh, I can't even go there. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> as we mentioned previously, they were no glee, okay? Which made this a little, a little rough. And to be fair, it was realistic, Ashley. They are in a small town high school, small fishing town high school were we expecting the cast of glee wasn't but from that happy birthday there were some singers that sounded better than others to me that i feel like should get these solo parts um let me just be (laughs) honest with y'all about that you had you had a black man show up with some flavor why was he not getting that solo that's all i'm asking mr v that's all i'm asking oh my gosh that's so true though (laughs) Well, for me, I thought, okay, this is realistic. It's giving me what La La Land should have done. Because at least these people were on. (laughs) 
the struggle for me with La La Land. I love <gasps> the chemistry of Ryan Gosling and Emma freaking Stone. But yes. there's no way, there's the no singers. way that that no. should have been a musical. There's no way. Like, I appreciate and that he learned. Dancing. I appreciate and he learned piano. Like, he flat out, that's amazing. When I tell you, I, I, I went to see this with my good, good friend, Helen. I was like, Helen, the music was there, but I'm used to musicals having triple threats, singing, dancing, and acting. Both of them missed two pivotal things for me. (laughs) (laughs) They had all the chemistry. Yes. But none of the musical talent that we usually require in a musical and but they had the star said, power. That's all that matters did. in Hollywood. They did. They did. And can but I say, the, mm-hmm. when when Emma Stone had to do that scene where she's an actress in the film, and mm-hmm. you see her flip a switch, she's in an audition, you see her flip a switch between the character she's playing in her character and flipping mm-hmm. back to just being her character. I was like, what type of acting? That's a mind fuck right there. You literally yeah. are acting. Then you have yeah. to pretend to act to act. And then you have to switch back to your acting. Like it was an incredible light bulb scene for me of like, you're very talented. You're That's very, very she's talented. she's a Oscar winner. Yeah. And not a Grammy. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> or Tony, let's be clear. Or Tony. <laughs> and with that being said, this is why West Side Story may be worth a watch, even though it's incredibly long and it's not my favorite musical. I know hopefully that's not blasphemous for some people, but obviously you have the key songs. But as I mentioned before, the new Anita is definitely worth a watch. All right. So Ruby runs out of the classroom when it's her turn to perform and Mr. V is wondering what the heck is going on. And we, we get more insight on why she was shy or the way she is, frankly, when she's in school. She said that she spoke weird and the kids teased her about it. I just think, I think the thing that really bothered me about how the kids treated her was like, are we so against people being different even if it's a difference in abilities what is wrong with us (laughs) why is the other so threatening I don't understand and it's the thing that we should embrace the most because we can learn so much from it I just think it's especially one of those things when you're a kid and you're still navigating and learning and figuring yourself out and other people out and you don't necessarily have the same love empathy like there's some kids who are very unique in that way, who have such empathy and such such beautiful hearts at such young ages. But I think that takes a lot of people longer to kind of grow into. And um, even those who weren't directly bullying her, I think you at those ages just kind of go along with that mentality because just like with everything else, with trends, with fashion, with do's and don'ts, you just kind of are trying to figure everything out. So Kids suck sometimes, man. So do, do adults. So do they adults. Do. You just hope you hope you learn better and do better, you know? And hopefully her little school bully, whoever that chick is, the main one who seemed like she had an issue, will grow out of her mean girl phase sooner rather than later. Because oh. otherwise life's going to smack her in the face at some point in time. <laughs> or she becomes a real housewife of... They still get smacked in the face, too. Like when your <laughs> husband is lying to you and you end up having to deal with his ramifications and possibly Ooh. serve jail time. Like everybody gets smacked in the face eventually. Life. No one goes through life unscathed. Nobody. Very true. Very true. Thank God for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, she has a heart to heart with Mr. V and they discover that she actually can sing i just was so fascinated by this concept this story and to your point this is adaptation of a french film from 2014 that won all types of movie awards in france it's called the del family similar setup 
the young girl is the main person in the family that communicates to the world, but they are farmers. And same thing though, she joins the choir. She's really great at it. So I think the young lady who sang in that film actually is a, is a singer, like, you know. Yes. Yes. And honestly, she sings very, very well, very full. Cause I feel like Ruby's interpretation of this role still seems a little quiet or just maybe not as refined. I guess I would say that because when it comes to singing, there's levels, there's levels to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to your point, Amelia had to learn how to sing for this role. I want to talk about how impressive she is. She learned the lines of dialogue in ASL for each, each one of her castmates. So she had to learn what they're essentially saying and how it's going to be signed for her to learn her lines to know how to she's fully she's fully proficient at asl now she said in something i read that she didn't want to come on this set and not be able to communicate with her co-stars without an interpreter yeah they hung out on weekends she said this is the closest i've ever been it was really like a family like she threw herself into this because she saw it as such a exciting challenge and something that she really wanted to immerse herself in. So that's why I, I said at the top too, I'm super impressed with her and that mentality because she's only like 19 years old. I think she's 20 now, but yes, yes, very young. So speaking to the dependency factor, there's multiple things that happened throughout the movie that I thought was an interesting space to show her family's need for her. One was at the doctor's office where... The father was dealing with an itch, Ashley, as well as the mother. The daughter had to communicate that to the doctor. Could you have handled that task? I think at this point, Ruby is so used to it that it's just kind of rolls off her back. Like she's been interpreting for them since I think she was a very small child. But as an audience, it was uncomfortable as hell to watch because who wants to be in the doctor's office when your parents talk about they got burning down in their genitals. And again, Troy is hilarious because the way he depicts things like like my balls on fire. That that is his interpretation of the experience that they're having. It was just so over the top. And then for her for me, he was like play. And then for her to say that they can't have sex ever again and the look on the doctor's face and the look on their face. And then when she was like, two weeks and they were like no no, no we can't do it we can't do it <laughs> but their parents are hilarious so ruby gets a duet with her crush i'm like how does she not like explode is beyond me <laughs> but she was mortified because they didn't even practice together when mr v finally confronted them and said hey Y'all need to work together to make this work. She invites him over to her house, Ashley. And her parents wanted a midday delight. (laughs) Again, how did she not explode is beyond me, right? And the fact that they have loud sex, I just like, I mean, I get it, right? But I feel so sorry for Ruby. (laughs) (laughs) What other sex is there to have, Delora? I'm just kidding. Um, point is, any child would have been absolutely mortified, but it takes on another level because you can't just yell into their room and be like, mom, dad, she had to open the door, flick the lights. Like, then it got to be too much. And then they and have the audacity. That done that before. Exactly. Then they have the audacity to come sit on the couch, crumpled, wrinkled up. To ask what his intentions are and talking about putting on a condom. The dad's depiction of putting Lord. on a condom. Lord. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Again, my gosh. Troy was everything for me in this movie. <laughs> it was so, so cringy. It was, I mean, I would have internally just shriveled up and died. Absolutely. It was too much. It was <laughs> for any lot. teenager, it was entirely too much entirely but what didn't help was miles told somebody at school and it spread like (laughs) wildfire (laughs) like 
Troy's balls. I'm just (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Frank from the film. Um, I was so disappointed in this Ashley and I did not blame her for not wanting to talk to him. Did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it was disappointing, but I I understood what he was saying. I told he told one friend, one of his friends, because he thought it was funny. Like Mm -hmm. he comes from a household that's not happy. Like he talks about that. So he thought it was like humorous in the way of like, oh, your family is so close. And like, yeah, Yeah. your parents are still up here fucking midday. Like who does that? You know what I'm saying? Midday, okay. Love that for them, (laughs) even though they're not supposed to be because they supposed to be getting over this jock itch situation. But hey. You know, hey, do y'all think? Point is, yes, it was disappointing, but I did not think his intentions were bad. And I always talk about intentions and how I feel like that's important. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I didn't dislike him after this. I was just like, dang, you already know she'd be getting made fun of. You should have known this could have gone left. Ruby actually has a chance to go somewhere with her talent. Mr. V informed her that she can go to Berkeley. Why was I started thinking, if you want to be somebody, if you want to go somewhere, you better wake up and pay attention. Sister Act 2, people. That is Now, that I'm was saying. some singing. That Ooh. was some singing. Ooh. Come join I can't even hit those notes. Girl, girl. By the way, what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. Again, I love a choir, and that was the choir right there. Sister Act Two. Lauren Hill listen, in that choir. Listen, even the one guy from um the one three city, it was a trio group. City um City High. City High. Yep. Now you talk about somebody who gets some notes. Woo! Jesus. <laughs> what was the song? Oh, happy day. Oh, happy, oh, happy day. day. Were you surprised Mr. V was in that small town? Having been a graduate of freaking Berkeley? They never really established why that town, like, was that his hometown? I don't remember them ever saying why mm-hmm. he chose that specific town to, like, be a teacher of. I'm assuming he had some type of connection that brought him there. And yeah. I love when he had to check Ruby about... Don't come for me about not realizing my talents or my potential. I'm a teacher because I'm good at this. This is not a case of if you can't do teach, I'm choosing this life. Don't you ever forget it, sweetheart. And that's what I loved about him. (laughs) You got to check these kids, Lord. You got to check these kids. (laughs) Very true. And he started working with her. I just loved how he was willing to pour into her because, because of her position with her family. I feel like she really didn't have much of that at home. Mentorship is so important. But to your point, he checked her when she would show up late, when she was on the phone. He was like, you will not disrespect my time. I'm reclaiming my time. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how fair I thought some of it was at times. So like, I get that when you do show up, you need to be present. You need to be accountable. But Ruby is so young to have so much responsibility on her shoulders. And I just felt like there needed to be more conversation at, at one point before he like cut her off I about agree. what like, do, you do we need to do for you <laughs> to help you? Do we need to change the hours? Do we need to structure this differently? Because she had the weight on her shoulders of not only being an interpreter for her family, but they were starting a new business. They had decided to pull out of the way that things operated because they were getting ripped off. Yeah. Yeah. To your point, I'm glad you brought it up. They, in the heat of a debate or conversation with the local government, they decided to open up their own business. Ruby was needed more than ever. Also, to your point, Mr. V was like, you're not disciplined and you're not focused. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to work with you. Was that fair? Like, I, I, I feel like she is disciplined in some ways, but obviously not in others. I mean, by the time she saw him, I'm sure she was probably exhausted. And to this point, I don't think she ever done anything for herself. She basically had been a grown woman for a very, very long time. I mean, she has to deal with 
very adult things. She has to be the one to handle all of the business calls. She has to be the one to talk to employees. She has to be the one to communicate through whatever interactions they're having for the business because her parents cannot hear. And it seemed like nobody else in that town knew sign language, which was also disturbing to me. You're telling me nobody else knows sign language? Especially with it being a small town. And they have been a part of that community for so long. Um, Some of the backstory Troy said in the interview was that when he sat down with the director, they established that he was a high high school dropout, which I thought was interesting. And his father had health issues and he took over the business and he's been doing it ever since. But again, they obviously have been a pivotal part of that community and no one knew sign? No one? Even the fact that the mom's own mother, so Ruby's grandmother did not learn sign language to talk to her daughter. She was like, my mom's on the phone. Can you hop on? And she's like, I have a friend over. Your own mom who you've been deaf since birth never learned sign language? Yeah. It almost felt like, do we live in the land of ignorance just as we do almost in my mind as Americans with learning other languages of other countries and things like that? We always expect everybody to speak English. Well, Ashley, I'm so glad you brought that up because I, especially with the scene at the doctor's office, it was reminiscent of what I've seen depicted in movies, television, and even people I know in my life of kids of immigrants who do not know the language and their their the interpreter their family's interpreter when it comes to government doctor you know medical situations it definitely reminded me a lot of, of a lot of that ruby is at a breaking point to your point earlier the biggest sticking point between her supporting her family's new business and working with mr v was the news crew was coming. She was running late and she was literally on her last strike with Mr. V, but she decided to stay and support her family. Do you think she should have just gone because with her being there, she didn't seem really invested, you know? And I don't know how helpful it really was, but I guess family over everything. Is that what you saw? I think her mother really just kind of put her on the spot and made it seem like if she didn't stay, then it was possibly going to lead to failure. And obviously you don't want to see your family fail. I also had, as when I mentioned about, was it fair with how Mr. V kind of handled it? I also wondered how fair her mother was throughout much of this film and the way that she interacted with Ruby and the way that she kind of dismissed her passion for singing, like the scene where she first told her about singing. And she said, Mm -hmm. if I were, if I were blind, would you want to paint? Yeah. It's so funny. Marley said that that was the most challenging scene. She cringed, she cringed, but she gave grace to her character, Jackie, in that she believed Jackie didn't understand or was fully aware of her dependency with her daughter. And therefore it took the learning curve for her to realize like, hey, we actually need to be there for her in her Her journey and and aspirations. I took it in the scene initially as like, she's being dismissive because she thinks it's a passing thing. She's not listening Mm -hmm. to realize that this is not just an infatuation I have at this moment because I'm a teenager and I'm going through phases of life. I'm telling you, this is my passion. This is what I want to fully immerse myself in and pursue. So I also felt like it was like dismissive in the sense that some people are dismissive of children. You know, your child becoming this fully fledged human being with their own interests that are separate from you and that are have nothing to do with you and your relationship. Very belittling, for sure. Ruby needed a break, Ashley. At this point, she had a flourishing relationship with her duet partner, but she decided not to go out and fish with her father and brother. And that was the day the monitor was going to go out with them for their new business, you know, to sign off on everything. And that was just not the right day by their inability to hear. They got in trouble with the Coast Guard and it was so messy. The fallout, they got fine a lot of money, a lot of money they didn't have. And they ultimately were blaming her 
or not showing up to work. This was a very difficult spot for me in the film where it was like, y'all, come on. We need to look at different options. You can't put all this on a 16-year-old girl. Yeah, it was hard for me because on the one hand, I'm like, Ruby, you could have said something. You could have said, I'm not going to make it today. And at the same time, I think about how often she does show up, how she's probably always shown up. And this is the one time that she didn't make it. And unfortunately, it is this situation. And she is a teenager. Teenagers don't show up sometimes. Teenagers stay out late sometimes. Teenagers go off and kiss boys sometimes. Yeah, very true. I cannot not allow her to be a teenager. But you know what? During this time, Leo thought it was a good opportunity for him to step up. After the fallout, Leo, he's upset because of the fines, but he's also in the position where he's like, we can, we can figure this out on our own. We don't need your help. Do you feel like this was selfish? <laughs> yeah, again, I, I struggle with my frustration with the situation with Leo because I've never been in that position. And I don't know what those shoes are like to be in where you feel so infantilized by circumstances that are outside of your control, such as being deaf. He's fully, mm-hmm. he's fully capable. He's a grown man. Getting bar like, fights and everything. He feels like, <laughs> did I know how to handle this if only I'm given the opportunity, but I'm never given the opportunity because you're always here to be that crutch for the family. But again, it's not Ruby's fault. So it was just a hard It was a hard line to figure out, you know, and I just kind of sat back and watched more than I inserted myself into it. It was just like, I can understand the frustration. I can understand both sides. And I want to give Leo grace in the sense of, I don't think it was purely selfish. I also do think as her brother, he's like, if you're really talented, which I'm hearing from your friend Mm -hmm. that you are, and this is really what you want to pursue, go live your life, sis. You cannot stay here. You cannot stay here. This is not meant for you to stay here. Mm, That's good. Well, we have the big performance, Ashley. They are killing it, even though they sound nothing like the kids from Glee. Um, (laughs) Or Sister Act (laughs) 2. Ruby has her major performance. Again, I was feeling some kind of way because during her performance, Her dad was looking some kind of way, in in my opinion. Troy, the actor in an interview, mentioned one of the most challenging scenes for him outside of getting up really early to learn what fishermen actually do. (laughs) He mentioned seeing everyone applaud and react. He was like, I could relate to my character Frank in feeling a bit left out in that way. Yeah, because... Because in that scene, Frank is just looking around. Her mom is kind of paying attention. Leo, you know, Leo is doing his own thing. But it was like, I just wanted them to make better eye contact with her during her performance to know they were there for her. Do you understand where I'm trying to come from here? I do. I'm, I'm giving you this. You? I'm giving you the space because I had a totally different reaction to this scene. Really? Okay. What was your? This reaction? was one of the scenes that made me really emotional. Um, really? Yeah. Because the way that I took Frank's reaction, especially in that moment where we experience it in the way that the family does, where it's silence, and we, along with the parents, are just yeah. watching the reactions around them. Mm-hmm. It was emotional for me because for one, yes, you can imagine them. They must feel left out to not be able to fully experience their daughter's talent. But it also, to me, was an epiphany moment for Frank in the sense that he's been the one who's been kind of championing for for Ruby with his wife in terms of like the wife being like, what if she's no good? What if she fails? She's not going to fail. She's she's good. And so yeah. to see the reaction from the crowd, remember, he looks over and sees someone crying, like tearing mm-hmm. up. He's like, my daughter is good. She's Mm. good at this. I took it as like this epiphany moment of like, she can't stay here. My daughter is a good singer. Look at the reactions. Look at the emotion that's being brought out of the crowd. And it made me emotional because I'm like, oh, dad. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny that you say that because the part that got me was when they got home and they were sitting in the truck outside and he said, can you sing for me? Yes. And he felt her voice. 
And I don't know if you've got the double entendre in the sense of the song is you're all I need to survive. So up until that point, she was all her family needed to survive. And this was the moment where they realized this can't be the case anymore. Yeah. Again, I felt that the second half of this movie from the point of the concert on, I was in my feelings because I just feel like the bond between her and her father was so beautiful. I felt like he's the one who ultimately made the decision to say, we're not going to let you do this. You need to fight for this dream and you need to go on and do what you need to do. And that moment to get to experience it and to feel the vibrations and to bond with her in that way. Oh my God. I was just like, oh, that's so beautiful. So beautiful. And the next day they're like, you are going to audition to go to freaking Berkeley. Okay. If that's the last thing we're going to do. And I just love that. It was such a family effort to get her there. She performs, she performs and look who was there for her piano, Mr. V. I feel like he messed up on purpose though, to get her to sing bigger. Oh, he definitely did. (laughs) That's why he, he, in the, in the judges knew it too. He made that little false error. And then he looks over her girl. It's like the moment again, going back to sister act two, where she stops and she walks over to him and she tells him, I'm going to need you to sing. I'm going to need you to really sing. Like, what is this that you're doing? And then you hear him belt out, oh, happy day. La, 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 la. It was during his actual performance. He was nervous because he was very shy. So it was the same thing with her. And then when her family comes in, oh, my goodness, I almost lost it. I almost lost it. The part that gets me, and it happened a couple of times in this film, and hopefully I don't check out now, (laughs) is the fact that sometimes when she's unable to fully express herself, she goes back to her first language. And that's ASL. And I thought that was beautiful because at this point she was able to express her way herself in three different ways, right? Her sign language, her voice and her singing voice, you know, and it was just, it was so beautiful. I also felt like it was a way for her, her to connect her family to her singing, to her passion in a way that they hadn't been able to get, right? She did not want them to feel left out of that audition. So she made sure and to be honest with you, in that moment, it was like a light bulb for me to think you have to embrace the things that make you different because you could tell that the level of impression she made went to a different level with the judges once they saw her starting to sign. You know what I mean? Like that made the impression that none of the other kids that are auditioning are going to make. You have to embrace the things that make you different because that's what makes you who you are. And I feel like she shied away from that for so long. And then when she finally embraced it, it all came together for her. That's so true because she didn't, she didn't do that at school. She didn't do it. You know what I mean? Where, where it was just her. Yeah. She was always embarrassed. Like when the dad rolled up playing hip hop, loud. she was, she was embarrassed. Turn it down, turn it down. He was like, I love rap. I can feel the vibrations in my ass. Like, yes, dad. (laughs) Yes. Let that man enjoy his music embrace those things embrace your family embrace the beauty that makes your family who they are everybody else can see the beauty even your little boyfriend could see the beauty in your family except for you and so mm-hmm. I feel like really once she's like hey listen we all in this together it all came together it was beautiful well said well said and the movie ends with her being accepted to Berkeley and on her way to college but she had that one bodyguard moment. Wait, wait, wait. Hops out the car, goes back for that last hug. I was like, okay, Whitney Houston it's, hopping it's off the, the plane. Final, it's the final I love you, the sign I love you that just gets me. Final thoughts on this film. Again, unexpectedly emotional. Um, I can see why it's been the awards contender that it's been. I think Troy is the standout for me um, in terms of just the humor and the levity and the joy that I got from watching his performance. I love this bond that father and daughter were able to have in this film. Um, So well done with the core cast of the family. The messaging I thought was beautiful. Again, I think to not shy away from the things that you others may make fun of you for others may not understand because those ultimately are your strengths and the things that are gonna you know propel you forward and family over everything Delora so true so true 
I knew I was going to like this type of film. I know I was calling it like mundane or very human kind of drama, but I think this was a story well told. We love our fantasy worlds, but for them to find so much beauty and drama in the interaction of a family faced with a unique challenge, right? It was it was a really good film and very, very touching, especially when the family was able to embrace her as much as she has supported them all these years. Fun fact about this movie that I also thought was funny, Troy mentioned they were mic'd up for this film and he was like, why? <laughs> we don't talk. But apparently they wanted to pick up all the sounds of them signing. Mm-hmm. And I bring that up because movies that for me in my personal opinion really well-written movies that I have to read subtitles to it it registered deeper than movies that you just hear hear the dialogue and things like that like I can see that I mean I think sometimes the ways in which we intake information makes a difference in like the impact for sure Absolutely. And I, and I, and I got that when watching this film, just, this is not the type of film that you can look at your phone (laughs) and, and, or zone out. You really have to be engaged so that you can pick up everything and they definitely made it worth it. So I'm rooting for best picture. I, I think Troy has it in the bag, but I'm surprised that Amelia didn't get nominated because of I feel like sometimes the Oscars also go to actors that worked really hard for the role. We we see it a lot when it comes to weight or, you know, change in voice and things like that. But she literally learned an entire language for this film. Yeah. So thankfully, I, I think she's got some time. I think she'll she'll make it. <laughs> and my final thought. Marley. I've seen Marley in things my entire life. I really wanted more out of her because she has the range. I just felt like Jackie, Jackie wasn't enough for me. I, I wanted, I wanted more. I maybe, maybe because Frank was such a standout. I don't know, but. But I also may speak to her strength as a team member, because this may not be the role in which she was supposed to be that standout. Your point, she's had such longevity in the game. You know what I mean? It was she was a, she was a supportive role and she was probably happy to play that role as long as a story like this got to be told. Well said. Well said. All right. With that being said, Ashley, time for Hidden Gems. All right. I have two this week. I struggled to even remember what I have watched before I kind of left and everything. But I have two. The first Are one. Are you done rubbing it in all of our faces? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So sorry. That's the last I'm going to mention about my Jamaican vacation. I'm joking. I'm joking. (laughs) The first one is Better Things. This is an FX show that I watched on so far on Hulu. It's a comedy drama series created by Pamela Adlon and previously also Louis C.K. He's no longer involved in the show for obvious reasons. I was iffy on this show for like the first few episodes because there was like at least three incidences in the first maybe four episodes of non-Black characters saying the n-word and that was even in the context of it being said that it was racist when it was said I was like I don't know if I'm going to be able to continue on one of them was with our guy Lenny Kravitz Lenny Kravitz was on the series at the beginning and I was like hold up hold up hold up but I kept on with it because it kind of turned into like background as I'm getting ready for bed and stuff and I'm I enjoy the messiness of this series. It's really um, about a core family consisting of Pamela and her three daughters and her mother. Um, The fifth and final season, I believe, is currently airing and I'm on season three. And it just really depicts kind of that family dynamics a little bit differently than I've seen it. Like all the flaws, even as a mom, her flaws, the things that she's dealing with, that she's dealing with these daughters at different ages. One is a teenager, one is kind of preteen, and one is still fairly young and, you know, navigating divorce, navigating a situation where your ex-husband ain't shit, you know, all those things, like they don't shy away from kind of the messiness of some of the family dynamics. And so for that, I've kind of stuck with it. Um, So that's my first one, Better Things. My second is The Dropout on Hulu. This is based off of the ABC News podcast and starring Amanda Seyfried as Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes, 
who is currently awaiting sentencing for federal crimes surrounding her disgraced healthcare tech company. If you guys have not heard about this story, I don't know how. It's insane. I've been so heavily invested in this since I first heard about it. I I've to heard podcasts. two different podcasts. Girl, I have watched all the documentaries. <laughs> I have yes. watched and listened to everything. So I think Amanda Seyfried is killing it in this role. Like she is disturbingly accurate the as girl in Elizabeth her life Holmes. Is weird though. It's like, does she have a soul? Like, cause she just blankly stares at she you. She is weird. And Amanda Seyfried brings all that weirdness, even the difference her, when she her, switches her, her voice. Her throat is down here too. So she she did that intentionally. Elizabeth Holmes changed her voice. And they yes. so Amanda yes. Seyfried embodies it just so well. And Amanda Seyfried is a phenomenal actress in yes. my opinion anyway yes. so i had no I doubt that she was gonna body it but i am i'm riveted even though i know so much about it already i'm still riveted in watching this depiction so i believe we're up to four episodes or five that have dropped on hulu they're dropping serially so again that's the dropout on hulu if you're interested what you got delora i have three hidden gems this week the first Ashley and I love a good home renovation moment. Yes. And there is a new show on HGTV called Married to Real Estate. I'm excited about it because <laughs> it's a black couple. Yes. <laughs> and the show is so good. Now, Egypt, Egypt has had several shows on HGTV. I think she had like home virgins or something like that. She always talks about being you know, a realtor. So in this show, she's a realtor and the interior designer and her husband does construction and they have amazing taste. As so pretty on par with the usual HGTV formula is what I'm yes, hearing. But with black people and it's really, really good because I really enjoy their designs because let's keep it 1000. There's only so much shiplap you could put in a room, right? <laughs> and then even my you boys. You don't like that barnyard chic aesthetic that most of them have? I think I think we're 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 in a new age now. I really, <laughs> I really do. And even my boys, Jonathan and Drew. Jonathan, yeah. I never, I'm not a big property brothers. I think they're adorable, but I don't love their aesthetic. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't. See, and their aesthetic has always been hit or miss for me. Like it's just more of the same. So anyway, loving, loving these new reveals, loving seeing their dynamic. They're such a cute couple. They look like they're actually in love, which is great. Uh, and they have this beautiful family that they also highlight and they are doing a big in ATL. Okay. Oh, yeah. My other hidden gem is called The Courtship. This is an NBC dating show. This is if Bridgerton and The Bachelor had a baby. <laughs> I'm here for it. They are literally doing the whole Regency era dating rules. Her family's involved. These guys have to learn how to, what is it called? The writing calligraphy. Like, oh, wow. They are doing it from head to toe. And the lead is a black girl. So I'm just like loving this idea because we are in a Bridgerton era. Okay. They even have castles that were featured in season one in this show. And mind you, they're doing all this Regency era stuff, but she's very much a woman of 2022 because apparently she's going to be doing some kissing and maybe some telling. I don't know. <laughs> so a lot of fun. Reality TV is the theme of my hidden gems this week because my final hidden gem, which is not a hidden gem at all, is the second season of Love It's Blind. I was hesitant to watch it because season one was so good and hashtag team Lauren, Lauren and Cameron. I'm still hesitant. So I'm glad you're putting this out there. I've only talked about this show with one other person. So please continue. I have not watched season two yet. So Ashley, I'm glad that you say that because I need for you to watch it because we need to talk. Okay. Okay. I've avoided all the posts. I keep hearing dipty, yeah. dipty. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I don't want to know yeah. what y'all are talking about because I haven't watched it yet. Yep. Yep. Sounds about right. I avoided it like the plague as well, because I was like, oh, I don't want to know. What I will say is this, and hopefully this isn't too much of a spoiler. There's no feels 
this season when it comes to the couples. I've heard that. I heard it and lacks the emotion. It lacks all that good lovey-dovey situation we got from season one. However, the drama, the drama was juicy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it did not disappoint in that area. And so it was very disappointing because it's a dating show. You want, you want to fall in love. You want to root for your couple. There isn't any that are obvious. I do have one, but there's only one. And it was a little rough to get mm. there. Mm. So it, it was good. It was good in other reasons, but it was also kind of sad because I'm like, if season two is so much different than season one, that means season one was literally lightning in a bottle. You know what I mean? And what can say it really is based on the formula, right? It's like the bachelor and bachelorette, how many of those couples really are built to last. It is really a needle in a haystack type of situation. And what made season one so awesome was the fact that no one knew anything about the show. No. Now that we're in season two, people have their preconceived ideas and that could very much influence. You got the Brendans and the Pipers coming on now trying to get them IG followers up. Girl, that's what I have for this week. No pressure, but if you ever make it, it, it's entertaining. I, I binged it over two days. I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'm going to watch it eventually, girl. You know, I get to most of this ish eventually. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure we can have a micro dose of it the way that we did for the Love is Blind reunion, which if you guys have not watched Love is Blind reunion from season one, it was everything, everything, everything. But um, yeah, well, it's, it's great. We'll get to it. But sounds like that's it for you for Hidden Gems. That's it. That's it. Well, guys, thank you so much, as always, for sticking with us, for listening to us talk our ish and recap these (laughs) different projects that we love. We hope you guys enjoy as much as we do. Feel free to drop us a line on any of our social medias. Feel free to reach out to us on Gmail as well at recappingpodcast at gmail.com. And we will see you next time. Yes, ma'am. Bye.